Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, the first chapter, the first to the 13th verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was light, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. John, he was a witness for Christ. He broke down how our our behavior, thank you, our behavior reflects the knowledge of who we say we're tied to. He touched on the closer we get to God, the more we know what he likes and what he doesn't like. We see John's intro as a witness to Christ. He reminded us that um, as uh, as witnesses, sometimes us, me, Gene, you, Tanisha, the only time people will see God is you. They don't have time to go through the scripture. They won't have time to see John 3.16, that for God so loved the world. They'll see you. And what are you displaying? What are you showing off? What are you presenting? So he asked us, what are we displaying? What is our witness? When people look at us, what do they say? You're t- it's something different about you. You don't carry yourself as the world does. You must be tired into something greater. Or is it just you're the typical person? Typical hypocrite, typical person. Uh, these words echoed in my mind as I, uh, the last sermon he said, he shared this story you don't know who you're messing with, right? And for me, that, that meant a lot because I don't think that we actually know who we're dealing with. Think about that. I think we, it's been said, for example, this pastor said, before the creation of the world, when it was black, void, it was nothingness, God said, let there be light. And there was light. He said, I want all these stars. I'm going to throw these stars out there. I'm going to scatter these stars out in the sky. I want you to come over here. And I'm going to put the sun right here. Don't you move. And I'm going to put the moon over here. And I'm going to put the earth right here. And then he said, Gene, I want you to come in. You said, no. (laughs) The creator of the world, put everything into existence, told the seas, I want you to come right here, and then you stop right here. The valleys, I want you to come down, the mountains, I want you to lift up, and he tells us, come to me, you say no. (laughs) And as we look out into the creation, we see things that are beautiful, and he says to us, come, no. But I created this. No, I don't care. These words echoed in my mind. You don't know who you're messing with. 
And for me, I think that we really don't. We try to hide from people. We don't want people to know our business. And, and God's sitting there looking at us go to and from. He shared that two things. John testified about Jesus concerning the light. Um, and then he said that witnesses are no good unless they speak accurately of the subject on which they're speaking on. Now, let's just touch this real quick. Because Pastor Me shared a great perspective, and he didn't share it in the sermon. I wonder why he said, just like with the Mike Brown thing and all these different incidents that are going on, we have witness testimonies that are conflicting with one another so that we can't move forward investigation because you said, and he gave an example last night, that the, the criminal was, uh, the suspects was 6'2", and it was a male. No, he said, no, 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 it was, a, it was a female, and she was 5'2", and she had long hair. Right? And so we have these conflicts of story. And so he broke down in Bible study. He said, look, what it boils down to is the witness's proximity to the accident or experience. Because if I'm around the corner and you ask me what happened, well, what I, what I think happened is I heard one shot. Then I heard a dog bark. It might have been a dog, because I think they, but they have a rooster, so I don't know. Maybe it was choking on something. So the testimonies begin to, and you're not, you're not sure. But the closer, the closer you get to the proximity of the situation, you understand. So we have this witness, John, who was close. He was in proximity of Christ. He's seen Right? And so he was able to share his testimony. But if he was around the corner, and I think what I thought I, you know, I, let me ask, let me go on and ask my cousin, let me call. Well, she said, he said that um, it was her. No, John was a witness. And his testimony, was, as he gave his testimony, this is what he saw. This is, this is uh, the proof is in the pudding. He was there, right? And so we have our testimony as Christians is only as good as to how close we are to God. So if we're not close to God, we can't really talk about what God has done and what he's doing in your life because you're not close enough. You can't experience him. Point number two, he said that John was not the light or um, how I'll break it down for for us this morning. He was not the turn up, right? (laughs) Y'all know about a turn up. That means a party. If you're not sure, let me break it down. A turn up is a party, uh, excitement where you're going to enjoy yourself, right? So I'm about to turn up for Christmas. So anyway, John was not the turn up. He was the pre-turn up. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Before you head out to the club, you get a little couple, take a couple shots. Oh, nobody going to get no amens? Okay. So before you head out, you have a little pre-game party. This is, we about to go out and enjoy ourselves. So, but he, John was not the turn up. He was the pre-turn up. He was paving the way for the master. So John was this pre-turn up, and he understood his role. No, I'm not the Messiah, but he's coming. And so you would want to listen to these words because he's coming. He is the light of the world. And so he was setting the, the setting right for the movie, getting the mood right. Right? Light a candle. No, anyway. Yeah. Let it start. So it brings us to our title this morning. 
Do you know him? Do you know him? John uh, chapter 1, verses 9 to 13, do you know him? So we talked about in the beginning, then we talked about the, uh, John the Baptist being a witness in his testimony. But in order to be a witness, in order to have a testimony about Christ, you have to know him. So this morning I asked you the question, do you know him? The scripture says that the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So looking at verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. We're getting ready for, to, to celebrate our Savior's birth. Our Savior's birth, we're getting excited. Everybody, everybody's excited. Oh, yeah, Christmas is coming. And I heard this, I, I posted it on my Facebook last night. I, hope that, I heard this, uh, one of my old students, she's a sophomore now, she said, you know you're getting old when you no longer look to Christmas like you used to. For me, that was profound. It was deep because what she was implying was Christmas is no longer about gifts, family, friends, food. It's just about going to job, going to school, or going to work, and it's just another day. And so I told, and and so with that implication, I thought that that's what she was uh, talking about, and I heard some amens. I think that that's what happens when we forget the real meaning when we don't know about that gift that God gave us. We get consumed with the world's ideologies of how we should spend Christmas or, I mean, the holidays. Mm. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's so easy to get caught up in everyday life and to look at commercials and look at great deals. And Don't get me wrong, those things are not bad. But those do not, right? Those, those are not, that's not the totality of Christmas. It's bigger than that. I know a lot of people who, um, who I've just been listening to about their Christmas plans who plan on just getting drunk. Like, it's going to turn up. Just going to have some eggnog and crown. Don't say amen. And I know some others who are going to the gym. I got to get the physique. I'm not going to, no days off. No days off. I got to go, I got to get in the gym. Other days, hey, it's holiday pay, time and a half. I'm going to work. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm, I'm working on Christmas. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with those things. But people actually think that this is the totality of Christmas. This is it. This is the cherry on top. I get to work and get paid a little bit more money. I get to uh, put in a couple more hours at the gym without, being, uh, without having to rush to work. That's not it. Our focus is on the wrong thing. We get to this time of the year 
and we simply know him not. We don't know Christ. It's easy for us to, oh, let's look at the lights. Let's go get a tree. And we do all these things, but what does it mean? Right the day after Christmas, you throw the tree out and wait for them to come pick it. I wish they would come get that tree from in front of my house. If I were focused, it's not, and instead of basking in the presence and saying, look, let's gather as a family together and read the story of our Savior who came into this world to save not just me, but you and you and you. That's the reason for the season. If, any re- if, any, if there's any reason you should be getting a discount of stories because Jesus came into this world and died for this world. And it was free. Didn't cost us anything. Back to this light. Many had come claiming that they were light before. So before Christ, right, people have heard this prophecy of the Messiah coming. And there was other antichrists, people who had come before, like, I am the light. For example, there's this movie, I love this movie, Ride Along. So... In the movie, Ride Along, Kevin Hart is a straight wimp, right? He's a total, total wimp. And he's riding along with his, uh, with, with his soon-to-be brother-in-law. And during this, this movie, at the end, they're looking for this notorious criminal who happens to be played by Lawrence Fishburne, and his, uh, his name is Omar, and, but nobody has seen him. Nobody. It's like, oh, he's a ghost, man, this guy, but he's bad. He's bad. And so Kevin Hart decides that it would be a great idea to imitate Omar. So the, the, nobody has seen him, so it's, hey, I'll be Omar, and I'll get the credit, and I'll, you know, I'll walk around. I'm Omar. But what happens? Omar shows up. <laughs> and so he's sitting there, no, I'm the real Omar. And he's looking, at, looking down at him. So you're Omar. Yeah, I'm Omar. And so just like in this case, we had people coming, thinking, claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be the, the, the true light, but they weren't. And so now we're looking at this text, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And the reason I, I like this as well is because have you ever, maybe it's just me, but sometimes trying to get ready in the morning, oh, don't turn on the lights, you're trying to get ready, and you might get outside and be like, oh my goodness, this, this is not, this not, this shirt is a different color. I thought it was, are these pants got lint all over them now? I got to go back in the house. I see some amen, amen. So Christ came to show us. He was the light that was going to expose us and has exposed us. And that's why the Bible says that Men love the darkness because their deeds are evil. How many of you, oh, the old you, you wasn't doing dirt in the daytime, or if you were, you just bold, but you <laughs> waited to the nighttime. We think about the clubs, right? Not saying that the club is going to send you to hell, but it's dark in there. Why? Because people are doing some stuff that they're really not too proud of. And if you turn the lights on, that's when everybody turn around, oh, time to go. Oh, oh, that's what you really look like? Oh, my goodness. The light exposes the truth. 
I've been there. I've been there. The lights come on like roaches. Everybody scattered. Uh-oh, uh-uh. Girl, girl, let's go. And you sitting there like, man, I thought. Lady's like, uh-uh, he bought me a drink. I'm sorry. I did not know he. Anyway, let's get back. So Jesus, the true light, he was coming into the world. He was coming into the world. And we see that he was exposing them, and there were people who were mad. Right? And we have the Jews who heard this story. They, they heard these prophecies of the, their Messiah coming and they rejected him. They wanted no part of it. So this is the true light that reveals the dirt and blemishes of, of mankind. Pastor Meek shared that before how if we're in a dark room and you strike a, a match, it will illuminate the whole room. Dark, where, it, it, wherever there's light, darkness cannot exist. And so the light, Christ was coming as the true light to give light to a dark world. So for example, at the school that I work at, shout out to my principal over there, over there, I could look, I'm not going to put her on blast, but anyway, she's, she's sitting over there. I was convicted this morning, the reason I was sharing, shedding so many tears is because I started to think about my place of employment and, and youth in general. And how sometimes it seems like a very dark place. You start to deal with student after student who's just so much negativity in their lives, so much darkness in their lives. And I began to think about this one student who was calling my name, just Mr. Nate, Mr. Nate, Mr. Nate. And I had turned to him like, what do you want. I just want to say hi. And it reminded me that they're in a dark place. And sometimes being that light, this is the only light that they'll ever, ever see. It's like, Mr. Nate, I'm calling on you because I'm in a dark place. And if you don't respond, I'll continue to bump into these walls. And so when I thought about that, I said, Lord, Look at what you've done for us. You've came into this dark world so that we could stop running into wall after wall, whatever it may be. If it's finance, if it's relationships, if it's careers, it's I'm here so that I can illuminate your life, so that you can stay on the, the right path. And we tend to get, we tend to forget about these things. And so I was reminded by this young man, Mr. Nate, get that light, right? And that was the Holy Spirit reminding me. To him, it's just, I just want to say hi. That was God telling me, you're not just, don't, don't just think that you're here for no reason, to collect a paycheck. I could put you anywhere to collect a paycheck, but I need my children to see me. And you might be the only light that they see. Verse 9, continue. Uh, Jesus is that mirror. He was that light. I know I've been in the, in the mirror a couple times, and I've looked and seen, oh, yeah, I'm looking good. And then I look like, what is, what is that? 
And the closer I got to the mirror, the more my face began to... What is that? That's how Christ does this. You might think you have your life together. Oh, I got this in the bank. I got this going on. And Christ, the closer he gets, he's like, that means nothing. Talk about your humble. Hey, I've been pretty humble. No, because you're speaking about it. The closer we get to Christ, the more he reveals how inadequate, how imperfect we are and how much we need him. And it's not a bad thing because he puts our perspective on the right things. While we're at our jobs, while we're here at City Church, while we get up early to do what we do. This is the part of the reason because, these, again, that's part of the reason people love the darkness. People love the darkness. They don't want the light to expose the real them. Transition to verse 10 and 11. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. We see a huge tragedy for mankind. And before we start acting holier than that, oh my goodness, they, Jesus came and he, oh my, if had that been me, I would have recognized him. All the miracles and everything they was doing. How many times recently have you said, I don't know him? I don't know you, Christ. Whatever you were doing. I haven't, I'm not with you everywhere you go. But you know there's been a time where you said, instead of being the Christian that God has called me to be, I'm going to do what I want to do. So as we transition verse 10, 11, we see this tragedy because they rejected him. His chosen people, the ones who had read and heard about his prophecies, didn't see him as the Messiah. Like I said earlier, imagine you creating the whole world. Your creation does not recognize you. I could only imagine my daughter not knowing who I am. It's like, I'm the one who I brought you up. I I fed you. I provided a way for you. I don't know you. Is that how we live? Is that how we live our lives? We are talking about the one who created the world. Nothing was made without him. Nothing. We were made through him, in his image. Not only that, again, we talked about how the Jews, they they seen it coming and chose not to accept it. They seen it coming and chose not to accept it. Verse 12 and 13. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I'm going to read that again. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, we have a birthright with God if we choose to receive him. Ah, thanks. I can call myself a child of God child of God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who put all the, the mountains and valleys into place in the sea. I can say my dad did that. My fa- I know the father who I know him. And not only that, he knows me. Because that's the flip side too. It's one thing to know God, but does he know you? Right, 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 right. 
I can say, I know Obama. I walk up to the White House. I, hey, but Obama, I know. No. You don't know me. I don't know, I, I don't know you. But I, I read about how you, I don't know you. So it's one thing to know him and read about these great things and miracles that he's performed and all these uh, great wonders. But does he know you? Does he call you child? Does he call you daughter? Does he call you son? And so today we have this opportunity to receive him and become children of God. Two things we must accept him. One, we have to accept him as our Savior. And then uh, point number two, is we must realize that everyone's not a, children, a child of God. Right, right. What? Right. Amen. I know some of y'all are like, no, I'm, everybody, he created us all. He created everyone, but not everyone is a child of God. Without the first one, if I don't accept and receive him as my father, as my savior, as my master, as my Lord, we have no relationship. So that's why 1 John says that, see what great love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. I know I've talked to a couple, couple of you about, you know, sometimes I just feel out of place on my job or I feel, you know, nobody really wants to hang out with me or I, I just, because you're different. And it's not you. It's the light that's inside of you. And people understand that, ah, oh, I can't, can't do that. Party poopers here. <laughs> Right? This person over here, you know they go to church and stuff. We got to tone it down a little bit. Because they don't know him. And so for us, to, to them, we look strange. Like, you do what? They just cuss you out. You going to accept that? You going to pray for them? I wish somebody would cuss me out. Don't let, the, don't let this fool you. No, we, we march to the beat of a different drummer. We know who's in control. They might, they might win this, this little battle right now. So, okay, that's fine. But guess what? God has, I'm talking about the guy who created the heavens and the earth. I'm talking about the creator of this world, the creator of that title, that position. I, I, I got this. And we, so sometimes we forget that we're not supposed to rest against, wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? We're going back and forth, back and forth and getting nowhere. At the end of the day, then you're still mad at that person and nothing has been accomplished. We fight with weapons of spiritual nature. Prayer. Fasting. Right? And that looks weak. Like, you're going to go home and fast and I just cussed you out, whatever. <laughs> but guess what? They got to deal with that guilt, that shame. And I don't know about you, but anytime you feel the guilt and conviction of God, that's painful. And it's, you can't escape it. You might be like, oh, I just, what's going wrong with my life? And you're just praying for that person. Some of you are like, oh, I can't wait to put a spiritual hit list on this person. Mm-hmm. They done gave, this is the wrong, thank you, Pastor Nate. They done, they messed up now. Now, what I, I'm not saying, saying that. But what I am saying is that we don't fight as the world fights. We don't fight as the world fights. We're supposed to fight with love. 
Love cover, covers a multitude of sin. That's what the Bible says. And we've seen that love when God sent his only begotten son into this world that whoever believes should not perish but have eternal life. So we see that we have to accept him as our savior. This light came, the true light that gives light to, the, to everyone who was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So what does that mean? That means that God, just like uh, Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb, before you existed, I had a calling for your life, Nathan. Before your mom said, I want to conceive a son, I want to give him the name Nathan, I had a plan for you. I had a plan for you. And so we're able to say, I am a child of God. I've received him. He's my father. I have a birthright now with the king. It's amazing. It's amazing. We can say I'm a child of God, and it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Sometimes I, I, it's not, I know it's not me. Sometimes we make it seem like it costs us so much. It really doesn't. It's free. We have so much freedom in, in, in Christ. So much uh, just love. Like I said, I shared before, I, sometimes I feel like I'm his only child. I know that. I know y'all, I shared this before. I know y'all cool with him, but sometimes the way he loves me, and you could, for yourself, the way he loves me, he died for me, he rose for me, when sometimes I don't love myself, I don't like myself. Sometimes I know that I don't deserve this. And he says, I still love you. Brittany, I still love you. Calvin, I still love you. And guess what? If you were to lose your job or if you were to lose your house, I still love you. I'll end on this note. Um... I was listening to a, to a sermon, and I made some edits so that it fits us this morning uh, from Pastor Piper, who talked about this time, this coming of Christ. And he says, he came to Sacramento, and they received him not. They rejected him in their department stores with seasoned greetings instead of Christmas. They rejected him in their restaurants with happy holidays instead of Christmas. They rejected him in their hospital foyers with Noel instead of Christmas. They rejected him in their secular marketing exploitation of his birthday. They rejected him with a thousand knickknacks and baubles instead of a baby in a manger. They rejected him in their stripped-down carols and wordless tunes. They rejected him in their public schools with Christless plays, and they rejected him in their public speeches, pleasing all by saying nothing. This season... It's been ingrained to us that it's not about Christmas, it's about happy holidays. It's not about Jesus, it's about Santa Claus. It's not about Christ, it's about Noel. It's, we have all these different things that are trying to take Christ's throne, his place where he deserves to sit. It's not, it's not me. This is reserved for a king. 
the Lord of lords. And so I want you all to think about that. This Christmas season with your family, with your friends, and people you may not even know, love on them. Love on them. This, you might be the only hope they have. And they're waiting on you to say, have you heard about Jesus? And what's the worst they can say? No, I don't want to hear about Jesus. Oh, well, I'll pray for you. Because until you know him, you're going to continue to seek after those things that bring no satisfaction. You'll continue to be up and down. Up and down. I encourage you. I beg you. Be that testimony. Be that witness that people may say, what is it that you have? How do I get what you have? Because you are going through it. You have this person who's sick in your family. You got this bad news. Your car didn't start this morning, but you still smiling. You still praising God. What, can, I, can I have some, please? I need that. And we, we know it. They don't. They're in darkness, which means they can't see. But we do. We see the light. We have the light, so let's expose that in love and in truth. Amen?